Welcome to the TRI Research Group podcast, the latest in palliative care and end-of-life research. Today, um, we have Dr. Rosemary Fry, and Rosemary is a Senior Research Fellow at the School of Nursing in the University of Auckland. And uh, today, Rosemary is going to talk to us about a Health Research Council activation grant project about COVID-19 and how hospice community nurses worked during our very first lockdown, Rosemary. We're in lockdown again. Yeah. Our very first one last year. Yeah. So tell us, tell us about the project. Basically, it was, it, um, the project was set up to look at the different types of response, depending on what area of the country the hospice was located in, assuming that, that, um, places with no COVID cases would have a different response compared to places with many more. Um, Just to look at, you know, what innovative practices that the hospices came up with, that was the idea. And we wanted to do a cross-cultural comparison with Scotland, who um, they obviously had a very different experience than we have and many more cases than we have just to just see um, if there were any commonalities in terms of innovative practices that were developed. That was the gist of the project. It's only a, a year-long project. And tell me, why did you take um, a regional approach? It was based on an earlier uh, Italian paper where they, did a, they just did a rudimentary survey mm-hmm. and they looked at differences in response based on just the concentration of COVID cases. Assuming that that there would be more more stresses on those areas with with high numbers of cases, and and because of obviously in New Zealand we had quite a range of different areas, didn't we? Oh yeah, basically we just divided it into high, medium, and low. You know, low being you know maybe one or two birth or zero cases to see if you know that had an impact on how innovative places had, you know, hospices became in terms of what they did and also what kind of stressors it put on their on their systems. And did you specifically um, ask some questions depend, you know, that had the context of what level we were in? Because obviously level four is pretty restrictive in terms of community visiting. Oh, yeah. We, they talk, you know, it's it, the way we um, did the survey. It wasn't a paper-based survey. Basically, it's Basically, interviews over the over the phone or Zoom was the methodology we used to to collect the information. And we've done about seventeen interviews from all from over the country, hospitals. all over the country. And um, and so, have you finished recruiting to that now? Um, we've finished with the the New Zealand component of the of the data collection, and we're starting on analysis with that. Unfortunately, Scotland was in lockdown up until recently, I think until April or May. And so they've just got ethics. So we, we may be a bit delayed in doing cross-cultural comparisons because of that. And can you share with us any of the preliminary findings? Have you got any thoughts around what, what you're hearing and what you're seeing in the data? Um, what Some of the big issues had to do with communication and and the kind of messages that were coming through and also changes in, in what information the hospices were getting over time. So there was confusion about what they were supposed to do. There was also um, variations in, in interpretation. Some, some, 
Some hospices were very, you know, to the letter. This is exactly what we're going to do based on what it says. And others were, well, we'll, we're going to do our own interpretation of it sort of thing. So were these messages and communication from uh, senior management within an organisation or was it from government messaging? Because I understand there was, you know, a lot of government messages coming out that were changing almost daily. Yeah, government messaging and and also um, regional messaging as well. The DHBs. Yeah, the DHBs as well. So that's our district health boards. Yeah. 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 That made a difference too. So some were very good at doing their communication, others were not. And did you get a sense about what how that impacted for patients and families? Um, there was a, a lot more use of telephone. People calling in became the, the major means of communication, which wasn't always adequate. And I'm, I'm, I think last time I, I think I did talk about the um, physician who was, wasn't allowed to do visiting, but was getting phone calls from early in the morning to late at night. And he just, and it, you know, the phone was not an, um, way, an adequate way to be able to deal with things. And so he just decided to get PPE and start visiting people because he felt that they needed that. But there were some innovative things that came out. So, yeah. so people have they've become much more, some of the hospices have become much more organized in how they, they do things just because they, they had to, you know, become much more efficient. And so, so just in terms of documentation, yeah. because they couldn't get it, you know, they didn't have the ability to, you know, just ask people on a visit. They had to have, you know, material set up ahead of time and they became much more efficient at collecting it than they were before. Right. So was there a variation around the country? I mean, some of our hospices are very small, aren't they? And I imagine. Yeah. And that was the major factor was just how many people they had within the organization to be able to deal with it. There was a creation of bubbles within an organization to be able to, you know, when we got to the level where people, where the visitation was allowed, you know, there was the visiting bubble and there was the, the, the in, inpatient bubble, and they never cross paths. And what um, what are you thinking is going to be what might be different in Scotland? Um, talking to the re- researchers there, um, uh, their ideas that most of the difference is going to be based on the socioeconomic situation of different areas within Scotland and access to resources is going to be an issue there. And that was that a problem here? Not not as much. I didn't hear a lot of talk about that. There was, I mean, there was there was the general thing about access to PPE, but that was across the board. That wasn't really based on area so much. And um, tell me a bit about the Italian study that you sort of got this idea from. Was there any similarities or difference with what they found? Their study was a bit different. It didn't really focus on on the community. It was more dealing with the stressors on staff within a hospice working on inpatient mostly because they had such huge numbers of cases. They were they were looking at um, things like um, staff refusing to go to work because you know the the risk involved. Those type of things were more what they were concerned with. 
This is right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, where Italy was hit really hard during that first sort of three months, weren't they? And oh yeah, with massive people numbers must have of been cases. freaking out big time. Oh yeah, and staff were you know it's just like, do you risk your life to go to work? <laughs> yeah, and your family's life. Absolutely. So it was that kind of thing. They were, they were interested on the stresses on the, on the staff more than the practices and going into the community. That wasn't their their topic. It was just the methodology I found interesting. Yeah. And um, from, I mean, you must be coming to the end of it now. Well, at least on our, our part, we may, yeah. yeah, we may have to go for an extension for the, the Scottish bit, given right. the obstacles that they've had. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not been easy for them. Um, no. Have you got any thoughts about future projects? Well, what's interesting is um, this, this is one, I guess what we would call a suite of projects. There was there was another one that had looked at um, visiting policy as well, and with with Rachel, yeah, yeah, and Rachel has a project as well. So maybe looking at a larger HRC project grant, combining all of the all of the smaller HRC activation grants mm. to to look at the overall experience, what changes to be made going forward in terms of um, hospice service delivery, because this won't be the last pandemic, I'm sure. No, no. And um, yeah, I guess for the sake of the listeners, it would be great to hear about Rachel Park's piece of work around, because that was around hospital visit. Yes, it was. And so that I think they're, they're still in data collection phase yeah. because they, they, were, they were stopped by the latest lockdown as well. So they've had to stretch it out a bit. And your plans to write up and publish? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hoping we can get some comparative da- data and be able to publish yeah. next year. We also can publish on what we've got from the New Zealand data, obviously. Just to share the innovative practices alone, you know, yep. would be, I think it would be useful for people to know what other people have been doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, just in terms of, I guess, the, one of my final questions is, was there any anything in the data that might have suggested some unique needs or barriers in engaging with Māori families? I think one of the issues that, that arose in um, some unique solutions that came up was the, the role of the cultural advisors right. at the hospices. So obviously there was no, there were no in-person meetings at when when we went into lockdown and so they had to find innovative ways to to keep in contact with people which they managed to do from their homes which was was good right um thanks for that rosemary no no problem cool and um just as we finish with every podcast we need to ask you the bucket list question, I know. Um, instead of having a bucket list and loads of time to fulfill your bucket list, you've only got 24 hours left on this earth and just wondering what you might want to. It's a funny question, isn't it? Because I guess for the listeners to let them know that we're doing this interview via Zoom while New Zealand, well, Auckland actually, um, is in level four lockdown. So we can't do any face-to-face work at the moment. So you're can't go um, anywhere. Can't go no, anywhere. you can't go anywhere. But just imagine for 24 hours I'm going to let you out and you can do what you like. Maybe your bucket <laughs> list might be quite different at the moment. What would you want to do? Basically, I I guess 
with my family, go to, go to the beach or somewhere nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just to be out of the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Further than five kilometers from your home. Yes. <laughs> and not the grocery store. And not the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Rosemary. You go well. And okay, um, you too. Yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to know more about TRI, please go to our website. The link is in the description.